Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to On a Journey with WeWork. I'm Vineet Singh and I'm thrilled to be opening the first episode of our new podcast series where we'll talk about some of the most inspiring stories of creators, innovations and ideas from around the world. I'm very proud to present to you the first season of our series Locally Source where we'll start right at home and bring you success stories of brands that have revolutionized the Indian consumption patterns. Please help me welcome the first guest of our series, Amulik Singh Pajral, who's the CEO and co-founder of Chai Point, one of the biggest tea cafe chains in the country. If you can work out of a cafe with a hot cup of adrak chai today, it is because of Chai Point. In this episode, we'll talk about India's tapri romance as Amulik puts it, the ritual of chai time and his journey of conceptualizing and innovating to make Chai Point what it is today. What a game-changing experience, so let's dive right in with a steaming hot cup of chai. Amalik, just starting out, chai has been a part of our lives across India and the Indian subcontinent, as you would know. But chai has always been a household drink. Having a sip of tea with your parents or, you know, with your friends or going to the tapri and adda, as they call it. And having, having a sip of chai is what we knew about chai. And mostly when you had to go out for meetings or, you know, have a, have a conversation, which was something more serious or even go out for dates, it was always about coffee, right? But you've changed it all. So you want to talk us through why chai? How did you come up with this whole concept? You know, Vineet, I mean, frankly, the answer is a tad boring, but uh, it's true. You know, I have a technology background. I work in the technology space. Even as we speak right now, I think the number of years that I've spent in technology exceeds the entrepreneurial stint, you know. So the notion that I was carrying when I was thinking through the concept was to build a consumer brand. I mean, that was the prime driving notion. How do you build a very meaningful, powerful consumer brand? That was the leg one. The second leg was that got to do it in a category which is very large, which is massive. Don't want to really spend a decade or more. And I frankly had an inkling that this is going to be a decade, you know, maybe two decades, maybe three decades kind of an affair. So it was very clear that don't want to spend it in a niche segment. Want it to be big. So that the journey has some meaning, not only for me, but my colleagues, my teams, the investors who would back us, the whole ecosystem behind our venture should have meaning. Then it was chance, serendipity, not my own original thought, where I got into a discussion with friends and one of them said, what about chai? And I do remember that because I was thinking about this, And uh, I just instantly said, yes, that's the right one. A lot of it, again, by chance, had to do with the fact that, you know, I'm a curious soul. So when I was working and going from one city to another, I would invariably have my cup of chai because my sales team wanted to sort of do a quasi-review over sutta. I don't smoke, but I would indulge in chai. And in the process, and this used to be a week-after-week affair, I used to talk to the chaiwalas and I was very curious of their unit economics. Kitna kap jata hai, how much amount of milk, what do you do, this small plate. And the moment when we were having this discussion, a formal discussion, and the word chai came in, 
it suddenly fit in abalik on this chai and taking chai to everyone's home getting online orders putting up cafe create innovation when we think of it it's a simple concept that you say you've come off by chance but uh, you know i always believe that great ideas come by chance but you have to follow through to make them bigger than the best and follow through you have but you've used innovations everywhere it's not just the product right matlab i look at chai i think of small cups or i think of thermos or i think of all these products that you can associate with traditional tree drinking at home or with friends but in your case you also look at the packaging you've changed that the cardboard boxes have suddenly become synonymous with chai i mean i'm sure that's a very simple idea but like did that come by chance or did you actually focus on you know creating something which was easily accessible easily you know it could be moved around i have to say that uh, one way to think of it ki humne rai ka pahad bana diya you know <laughs> you know yeah, you know somebody can say yeah chota sa simple cup of chai and these guys have sort of made it so matlab itna tam jam drama this that all that's one way to think of it but the other way is truth be told my background afforded me an outlook and perspective which was very very different when we got into this i quickly saw this as massive this was not some nice arty tarty kind of an affair some this was like massive you know largest country 84% of the population drinking 98 99% wants to per capita is amongst the lowest that's the funny thing huh by the way consumption of tea in india is 750 grams per person pakistan is 1800 uk is 5 1/2 kg russia is some 3 odd kgs even america is more some 1400 1500 so we say oh india chai country and all that all that but boss i mean uh, your per capita is one fourth one fifth of the leading countries and 80% of the population is drinking and it's only chai there is no iced tea america is complete iced tea it's massive but it can be ultra massive so that's one perspective when you get that perspective you know then you you don't think of just the cafe design or the glass design then you are thinking you know your construct changes your mental construct changes that's the other perspective the third perspective is it's very powerful now i'll tell you another very interesting thing which i've always found fascinating but frankly i used to talk about it a lot but now after years i think i'm getting an opportunity to talk about it when you are in a group and uh, you're having chai you know and if you are amongst that group you will always find a moment where you will go silent you know thoda reverie aa jata aap baat chat kar rahe ho suddenly aap dekhoge ki saath wala na thoda reverie mein ja raha hai thoda chup ho gaya and phir dobara baat karta hai you know just notice it at home 100% it happens wow yeah you have a family kind of drinking chai together sare baat kar rahe hain sab hansi aa rahi hai mazak ho raha hai suddenly you will notice ki ek thoda moment of pause aata hai ya aap sab mein jointly aa jata hai kisi ek mein aata hai wo banda baat kar raha hai thodi der ke liye thoda ek reverie mein chala jata hai said here can't be you know a brain waves wala chakkar and ye and they has to be connected and then look at china japan 3000 years old the whole culture the whole you know calm and you know just the quiet around it 
it's very, very powerful. And it has penetrated to our households. So I'm just coming from various angles, right? When you combine all of them, what does it mean? It means that it needs a refresh. It needs a revisit. And it is so powerful. It is such a powerful ritual. You know, nowadays you live on Zoom. So I need to have my child. And it's always there. It's not to kind of advertise on this forum. But it's a part and parcel. Right? The consumption of chai in COVID has gone up because it's such a strong ritual. During COVID times, the ritual of family chai time is coming in uh, making a big comeback. You know, because husband, wives, both working, working couples, even if it's a joint family, there's a ritual of chai going to tip away. You know, I'm kind of running on my calls in the morning, afternoon, at night, but chai, you know, so the chai time is making a revival with, with family. So when you combine all of this, you can't, I mean, you just need an outside-in perspective to realize that this is fundamentally wrong. And um, if you correct it, there will be appreciation. There will be latching on of customers. And that's what happened. And then your question around innovation, once you follow this thought, you know, then you realize, where is the maximum amount of chai and coffee getting consumed? In office at least pre-COVID, now it's kind of, of course, but this is temporary. Mostly at workplaces, there is the ritual. So how do you get it there? And it's a very QSR-ish product. Unlike coffee, you don't go to a store and say, coffee and if you're still okay. No, man, the, when you say it, you are literally expecting a McDonald's-like efficiency and a cup of chai in your hand and what, seconds or a minute at most. So you take that to the office. How do you get that? That leads you to the thought of, you know, new ending setups without compromising the authenticity. And that's a big journey. And then, of course, delivery, because it's a product that holds very well for delivery. You know, nothing against coffee. I know you mentioned it at the beginning. I mean, we are amongst the, we are maybe arguably the largest seller of filter coffee in the country. So nothing against coffee, but cappuccino and Lattes and all, you know, they, they are not delivery friendly because the froth goes away in 30 minutes. So what you get is a flat cup. Wireless chai holds. I mean, just by the nature of beverage, it's very delivery friendly. Filter coffee also holds. So how do you take care of that? How do you align to that reality? When you start appreciating and when you have a growth mindset, which frankly also kind of gets latched on to you because you decide to take a private equity investment route. You don't look just at a macro scenario for the sake of it, but you try to rationalize, break it down into parts and see how you can get there. And that's the genesis of it. I, I love the way you talk about the whole romance of tea. And I'll tell you why I'm so close to it. So I grew up in a tea estate in, in Darjeeling, right? So I've literally seen tea like from the process of it being plucked to going into the factory to be dried you know and then orthodox and ctc and all the teas that were coming out and i understand the amount of labor that goes into getting that one piala of chai as 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 you would say i understand where you're coming from when you say you know there is so much of appreciation for the process of this creating this product that comes in and gives you this you know, state of ecstasy, as, as you would call it. But tell me something, Amalik, while, while there is that certain amount of romance with chai, 
you know, I feel so closely about it. Like you said, I mean, for us, it was morning, tea time, afternoon, ek sham ko hoti thi. So the whole concept is not alienated to me for someone who's grown up like in a tea state or loves tea. But for the longest time, tea was not associated as being the cool sibling, right? Coffee was the cool sibling. You know, matlab, if you had to go out, you'd, or if you're, like I said, if you were asking someone out for a date, you'd be like, hey, you want to grab a cup of coffee with me instead of saying, grab a cup of tea. My question to you is when you were starting off, did you get any of these coming to you from friends or families like, chai kyu kar coffee kar lo. did that happen to you? Yeah, I mean, he, frankly, he didn't coffee, kar lo, but he said that chai, I, I, you know, I've said it many times, but still powerful. That, so I come from a sort of defense police kind of background and we had a, we had help at home, you know, very close to the family. And as kids, me and my brother, we literally sort of grew along with him. And so my mother said that, you went to Harvard, you went to Harvard, you went to Harvard, you So to so, so then I went on, but uh, my team had a lot of problems. I mean, more than me, our staff early on, when we would hire people, people would say, you know, sir, I can't work in the post three o'clock shift because my friends will see me. Whoa. So, and they'll say, I work at a tea shop and, but I can work in the morning, sir. And when we would call guys from the coffee stores for interview and I could see that, you know, there was this chip in the shoulder. <laughs> I'll say, so you don't have an espresso-like machine and your store is so small. And what's the cup of chai? Sir, And, you know, so there was a bit of a journey. That's okay. Because we're really trying to bring in a new sensibility. So we did this thing. I mean, even now, to some extent, for most of our migrants, we facilitate disc- you know, kind of subsidize in some rare cases, even now give full quarters. For the first three, four years, we did it mandatorily because I realized that we are creating process systems, recipes. I can't have people coming and going out. I need to create a value proposition for them, which no other chain can match, right? Nobody was giving this. So once they stuck around and we grew, then we crossed that hump. Then they realized, wow, there's so many stores and this is working. And then people never asked. So in those early days, I certainly had that challenge. If I would go to marketing folks to help me think of branding and so on, they would all just gravitate towards Tapri and, you know, the Amol Palikar 70s kind of a feel. And that would date me to the hilt because I, I would have a serious challenge explaining to them, the guys, just please understand, you know, I'm not saying... We are a wannabe and we want to replicate Starbucks. No, we don't want to be. But India's time has come. You know, you're not going around in an MB. You're going around in, you know, a Swift and, you know, whatever as a mass car. So look at your dressing sensibility. You're going to Fab India and you are sort of, you know, you're taking pride in that kind of stuff in spite of being Indian. Why do you want this to be relegated to the Tapri? 
it just persistent knocks over the last seven, eight years in making people think. And then when other chains and other groups also join and you get the investor momentum, then, you know, slowly it starts changing. And now I think, frankly, at least in the big cities, even in smaller cities to some extent, that notion is that coffee is cooler than uh, chai is slowly ebbing. No, I agree. And, and I think you have a big role to play in that. So congratulations to you for that. Honestly, just talking about marketing and advertising because you touched on it. You know, you're one of the brands that don't overtly go out there and advertise or market or, you know, come to Chai Point. Yours is a brand that I feel, and correct me if I'm wrong, has been made with the the real old strategy of marketing, which is word of mouth, which essentially has worked so well for you from a goodwill perspective, uh, from people talking about you and then spreading like wildfire. Was that a conscious decision not to go about creating this whole strategy and going, you know, this is the pillar, this is what we're going to attack and just leave it to the taste concept and the romance of tea and let that do the talking? Very conscious call. Very, very conscious call. And I think, uh, see, I mean, when we looked at the opportunity, what were the gaps in the market that we realized? Number one was there is no notion or there was no notion of consistency in China. Right, I mean that I should get the same tasting cup of chai every day was a notion that nobody promised you. That's why people felt comfortable that you know chai, though by its nature, should be inconsistent. We said that's not right. I mean, this ritual is so important that if you get the predictability around taste and consistency, you would latch on, you would respect it more. You will not be surprised because it plays on your mind and you know I got just the right solution out for my mind or for my state of mind specifically. So when we went after that, that took us into a very planned, methodical, system-based approach. How do you prepare chai? What are the sachets? What is the quality of water? What is the fat level of the milk? Right? What is the softness level of the water? What is the heating time? What kind of heating time? What is the intensity of heating? Right? What is the quantity of water to be heated? When you, you know, the physics of it and the steps of it, the moment we started cracking it, and to be candid, there was so much of work on that that in the initial days, we just did not have the resources or the bandwidth to, on top of it, do very cool marketing. We were just completely consumed with this. Why the chai glass? How do I get chai glasses sourced to me in lakhs? You know, what's the design of the cup with the handle? How should it be different? Where do I source it? Right? So if you look at our medium cup size, it's quite unlike a coffee mug. It has that tapering. Yet the handle. So how do you source it in large volumes? So... But you're absolutely right. I mean, this is one aspect, but we clearly believe that the store needs to talk for itself. And, you know, store is a physical asset. It has a signage. We've been very careful in choosing our store locations. They're by and large corner with double side parking. We've said, why do we need a billboard? Why can't we really have a very nice uh, signage? So we actually rolled out a mandate about a year, year and a half ago that our signage needs to be that of a, I mean, the quality could match that of a Tiffany store. Signage, but yeah, 
because that's going to be visible. So now we have this copper plate around it and it's a warm yellow which comes out and that is always pinging you. You pass by, you see it, you pass by. You see, we are, again, it's very local and the business is very hyper-local. Amulik, congratulations on the signage because I honestly, you know, when you're driving about and you can see it from far and you can figure out the refinement and the taste in the whole signage. So it, it looks great and beautiful. You were talking about the COVID scenario. And I mean, you know, no podcast will be over without talking about that in, in, in the current in the current time. But, you know, with tea, and you would understand this, is there is a word habit associated with the word tea, right? It's It's maybe about having tea at a certain amount of time or at a specific time or even the taste of tea. And what what I mean by that is like, for example, I don't like anything and every tea that I try that may I may drink at different places. There's a certain flavor that I like and that stays on. You know, you always go back to that. You try different flavors. You go back to that flavor that you love and you enjoy. Now, during this COVID scenario, you know, I know the whole F&B industry has been affected. However, because of this habit that is associated with the product, have you seen like a jump in online orders? Have you seen a jump in, you know, people wanting that chai coming home? Because that taste of habit that you've got out in your consumer, they can't live without that. You know, our per store sales for the ones that are open have almost reached the pre-COVID levels. Right. It's just that the full extent of stores are not yet open because many of them, for example, would be inside a large corporate park. A corporate park is not open yet. But for the ones that are open, we've already reached that level, which is a testament to your fact that people desperately miss that sort of attachment or that ritual taste which has set in. Right. And they communicate that to us via social media. And, you know, they tell us that, oh, I'm so glad. And I, you know, you can make out that it's it's a genuine appreciation, uh, you know, that they really were looking forward to have that taste. So therefore, our effort has been to, frankly, just double up on delivery. And that's where the WhatsApp part became super important for us. We are saying we want to make it really, really easy and accessible. We We have taken the time to work on a next version, or even more advanced version of our uh, vending machine, where the taste is just going on to the next level now. We're going to be introducing uh, very soon a new range, and I'll hold myself back from fully sharing the details. But this could be the place you're announcing it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know, so <laughs> we're introducing a, a for-home-use chai range which is going to make a big big difference and we have taken a lot of time to make sure that it is in sync with the taste at the store and delivery so a lot of detailing i would say i think it's going to be available by around end september time frame and we feel it's going to make a lot of difference amali just talking about the vending machines right and i i know about this there's boxy and there's a partnership just for our listeners that WeWork and ChaiPoint has, you're present with us across many buildings across the country. And a lot of our members enjoy your tea a lot, right? And um, I think there there are requests for more ChaiPoint, you know, machines in our buildings as well. And we've seen both the brands benefit well out of the partnerships from a 
consumer taste perspective. Tell us more about like Boxy. Tell us more about, I know you spoke a little about the vending machines now, uh, also taking it to the homes of people. But essentially, you know, when, when you look at machines and then you say chai, it, it doesn't fit. The chai is not meant to be made in a machine. And that's what it is. Chai has to be made, you know, in that kitchen with, with a lot of, you know, flavors and, and all of that. So just talk to me about this whole vending machine concept and how you've been able to deliver the taste that competes with the traditional way of making tea. First, let me talk about please what has been the driver. And I alluded to that earlier. We realized very quickly that the consumption of chai and coffee at workplaces is of a different magnitude vis-a-vis home. And primarily for the reason that for people like you and me, Vineet, and for a big chunk of the country, our maximum amount of awake hours are spent at work or doing work. You know, I mean, simple maths, personal life, you know, your nine, ten hours are gone, right? So, and that's not in your control. controllable time that is the remaining 16 hours. In that 16 hours between commute and work, you know, you're spending around 10 hours, maybe, maybe 12 hours. That's like maximum amount of your time, 70% odd of your sort of the time that you can decide to allocate is going at work. Therefore, the moment when you feel the need to have chai and hot beverages is occurring at work. And it's of a magnitude different from homes. Of course, COVID, it's sort of going back and there'll be a better appreciation. But I think when things go back to normal, we'll still be gravitating towards the work only. Now, when we appreciated that and we said that this is where it is getting consumed and that's why the whole notion of tapri surrounding offices and so on, how do we address it? And how do we do it in a manner in which uh, it's sustainable? That led to the journey first and foremost of semi-automatic machines. I mean, to be candid, we suddenly started getting contractual requests for chai. You a bank would say, can you deliver 10 liters of chai? And we were like, 10 liters of chai? And so, yeah, two times, once in the morning, once in the evening. I said, okay. And then the branch manager, I remember how it started. The branch manager one day called me. This is, of course, six, seven years ago. And he said, you know what? I'm out of my petty cash budget. So I want to have a contract with you for chai. That was when it clicked. You know, there's a guy who wants to have contract. And then I said to our team that, yeah, let's check out how many people want to have contracts with us on chai. Suddenly you realize that there are a lot of people who are willing to have contract of chai. Right? Of big ones. I mean, that business became a multi-crore business the moment we decided within a span of six months a turnover for actual chai had crossed a crore. And we said, you know, delivery, that's not sustainable. You know, I have clips of our chai contractually getting delivered in, at that point of time, taxi for sure, and then Ola cabs. <laughs> so, because our contractual chai is going and the cab is filled up with decanters. And we said, man, ye, ye we need we need solid vending machine. So then the journey started for the vending machine, right. which is a three, four years old journey. We are in the third avatar and the fourth avatar is, is going to be soon out in maybe the next two, three months. 
what we realized is it's very important to have a machine which is actually boiling, brewing, you know, sort of cooking the tea leaves. You can't have a premix added to hot water to give you chai. That's not going to cut it. You're not, you can't have sort of the artificial sieving through of hot water through bed of tea leaves. You know, that, that's also one of the approach. You take very low-grade tea, powdered tea, dust as it's called, and sieve hot water through it. And hot water then sort of touches the, you know, powder-like tea and comes with flavor. It doesn't give you that kind of taste. It's awful. So the journey was, how do you in a small machine have a literally, you have to replicate the cooking pan in the kitchen in a machine. And how do you do it in a consistent basis? And then the second big step was, you know, corporates won't just buy a tea machine. They have huge coffee demand. And we said, instead of going to Western coffee, we quickly figured out that nobody is paying attention to filter coffee. People love it. Nobody pays attention. So we said, you know what? We're going to put our mind behind the engineering problem of great filter coffee and great chai in a machine. And that's what we've been at for the last four years. You know, I made trips to Taiwan, China, of course, different parts of India, met lots of manufacturers. And then we built up a crack team. And then we realized that it's very similar to the software business. Perfection is not going to be achieved in day one. It's a journey. Let's commit to the journey. So phase one, phase two, phase three. But net net, this fixation from day one, that we are not just out here to dish out something like chai. We need to boil it, brew it, and get it as close as possible was a big part. And then we made some leaps. We said it has to be Android platform driven. We did something when nobody else was even thinking about it. We said the machine needs to have a tab interface. And we knew why. Because it was very clear to us that if you have that, I mean, that box is going to be intelligent. You would want to play videos on that. Every client would like to have different menus, different sizes, different options. They would like that tab to talk about their company. Let's say it's installed in a Microsoft or a Google and they're launching a new product. They want all the employees to know about it. They would want that. So can you stream video content on the air on date? You have thousands how do you get data back from the machine so that you know how it is performing and on a preemptive basis, go out and fix it? So literally, we have a network operating center at the office where for all the installed chai machines, we have a red, green, amber dashboard. What's the consumption? What's the coffee? How many errors did this machine have? How are the staff managing the machine? You know, because let's say a staff... Uh, shuts a door, but not properly. The machine gives a signal and we get an error code. So these guys are not trained. They are not locking the door properly. So they need training. They need stats. You know, so all of that. And then we said, we'll give this dashboard to the customer. So actually, when we come over to you, you know, we have a WeWork specific dashboard. So we show you, you know, this is how it's working. These are all the machines. Now, these are assets which are owned by us. So we need to know where they are. Now, you know, when you have three, 4,000, that's our current number right now, growing fairly fast. How do I know where they are? You know, I mean, so they need to have a GPS footprint, right? So you suddenly start seeing this huge operational aspect, but the core, as an end consumer, you don't care about that. I mean, why should you bother about all of this? 
the end consumers thinking is just the now we know there's there's a whole sci-fi setup that you have set up yeah i mean you know so are therefore and if we just focus on sci-fi the business will fail we got to focus on the cup right but as we focus on the cup and it scales right if we don't think of all these things then it can't scale when you're talking about perfection and something that obviously you're chasing in terms of taste because that's the most critical part of your product absolutely and i'm going to put you on a spot here yeah yeah please please when you're chasing this perfection and you said there's phase 1 phase 2 phase 3 out a score of 1 to 10 out of 10 what would you give yourself from a taste perspective from these vending machines and these setups that you have and how much more till you are satisfied till amuli has a sip and says okay guys this is it so you know let's do sort of across the channel stack ranking let's say if our store chai is at 9 you know i mean yes. let's not focus on the scores let's look at the relative scores right so right. if the store chai is at 9 and you know you have the person you have the warm cup and it's delivered to you there and then matlab lot of things at night then the flask that goes that the chai that goes in the flask maybe around 8 because ultimately travel ki hai you know it's in a box then you have to pour you know uh, for experience taste reason is that i would say when you look at boxy where you are suddenly getting up boom press the button get it you're getting lot of convenience i would put the taste right now with v2 at maybe around 7 and accordingly in a very candid frank way say 789 is the journey but i'll bring in another perspective vis-a-vis anybody out there on chai if we are seven on wednesday i would say there are four or five and on likewise for filter coffee and by the way i would rate our filter coffee from the machine tad higher i would give it at eight vis-a-vis that the rest would be around i would say six and a half so the mindset with we work and this is the reality of each channel our battle is to get all the channels at the same level but that challenge and that journey of perfection can't hold us back we need to look at the relative scores in each channel with the rest of the players so are we the best in winning certainly we are best in winning are we on a journey mind you it's we are just 3 years old in that right we started in the prototype actually came in 2016 end but we started selling it from august or july august 2017 so now the next one which is coming out and actually that will mean retrofitting of very simple changes in the past is going to take the score from 7 to 7.75 to 8 so we are at that stage where it's coming closer to the delivery experience for sure so you know on the drawing board we have a full vision for next two versions right as to what all mechanism what all change what all specific part you know is going to make what kind of difference but as is the reality of the software world right and frankly for any business you get perfection and actually the most important part is customer product fit when your product and customer expectation has a perfect match that's a step by step journey you get something which is 70 80% close then you get 
75, then you get 85. Then 85 to 99 is a tougher journey, 87, 88. So that vis-a-vis you and the rest of the market, there is a huge delta. Talking about competition, you know, with competition obviously comes added pressure. And obviously being the leaders, there's always this pressure of being on the top, staying on the top. However, I, I honestly have a different concept of competition. I feel it's great flattery. It's, it's amazing to, you know, see a lot of competition coming in, looking at you because they feel you've done well. They understand the logistics of your product and they also understand how big this category can be. Now, just speaking of tea and you spoke about how large the category is, obviously there's a lot of competition that has entered. Having said that, what are you guys doing to stay on top? I mean, apart from the innovation, uh, from a taste perspective, from technology perspective, and do you feel threatened that so many players are coming in or do you think the category is big enough to help everyone grow from a scale perspective as well? Yeah. So I think, you know, the category is very large and, uh, you know, if I look at it from the standpoint of our investors, our capital backers, you know, by being the largest player in the biggest market, in a very large market, we don't have crazy pressure coming from anybody, you know, from our from our stakeholder standpoint, because the gap between us and anybody else is very wide. Uh, so thankfully, that factor is not coming and diluting our focus. But, you know, the journey of six, seven, eight years, and I'm sure there'll be so many entrepreneurs who would be maybe listening to this. I'm, you know, a big learning for us as a company has been to internalize. And I know many people know it, but, you know, to internalize, by that I mean to understand it, to internalize the notion that you want to focus on the customer and forget about everybody else. So even if you evaluate competition, evaluate it in the lens of with the lens of the customer. A customer likes that product. Why? It's not oh, competition has done that. What do I do with that? I mean, TKL, you do it great, right? But what is the customer saying? Is the customer liking our product? Why? Is the customer appreciating why product? Why? What are we missing? Where is the customer heading? And it's not that the customer is frankly, especially in a consumer business so clear about what they want. There is also a fine balance of really engaging with the customer, but you can't take verbatim feedback as the gospel of God, you know, because customer But the key is you got to go and look at the customer and focus on it. Talk to them, engage, take feedback on every initiative, on packaging. I'll give you a simple example. You know, the Flask did wonders for us, still does. Then we got this feedback that, you know, uska bought tight ho jada, it's very difficult to open and all. We spent almost nine months in creating a flip top. There was a time when suppliers wouldn't even entertain because these guys were catering to pharma, large FMCG was ki kya hai chai delivery, why should we design this, that for you? And, you know, I mean, I completely respect that, but we, we were so small in our volumes. And it's, it's still, we are, you know, not huge. I mean, we've got a long way to go, but the point is that instead of getting worried, you know what? Everybody has started doing it in flask and all that, you know, and uh, you know that you know, and suddenly our market will go down. Our focus has been okay, but is the flask the end of it? What is the customer saying? Improve the flip top. Let's see how how 
easy or tough it is for people to replicate that flip top. Because a flip top has to do a lot of things. It has to be spill proof. It has to be just easy for you to open, but not so tight that it can't open, not so loose that chai spills, right? And we said, okay, we have one size, which is one liter. What are the customers saying? No, the customers want a 500 ml. So we launched a mini. What are the customers still saying? You know, there is a large segment which says that, hey, I live alone. I'm a, I'm in a PG. I just want chai for myself. Okay, we launch a 250 ml uni for them. So then uni, mini, major, you know, and you know, that's a very, it takes you on a very different journey. Vis-a-vis getting paranoid about competition. So that's where strongly believe. And I think, you know, uh, I, I love this saying that the teacher shall appear when the student is ready kind of a thing. You know, you go through a certain journey before koi simple si baat samaj aati hai. I mean, I've done my MBA and the normal, you know, drama. But uh, somebody, I, I could have spouted this off. Yeah, 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 customer is very important. Focus on the customer. Well, what does it mean? You know, I mean, it means that you don't get carried away as an example, just talking about competition, competition, competition. It means you say, forget about competition, how often we are talking to the customer and what is the data set of asks and observations coming from customer side? What are we doing about it? And that mindset carried across all channels. So you talked about signage. We've been through a journey of signages. Store design, we've been through a journey on that. Machines, we are on a journey, you know, food products, beverages. We are launching a coffee brand called Cat, right? So as I said, I've got nothing against coffee. This is our delivery pack, you know? So we created a moft, uh, sort of a cheetah leopard around it, our own kind of genetically modified, right? And Cat is coffee around town. It's from Chai Point. Because we said, you know, we're doing so much of coffee, with, I mean, filter coffee was our fourth largest beverage in the stores. And it was like last on hot chai. I said, yeah, if people are drinking so much, let's sort of create a small subcategory within chai point only for it now, so that people really understand. And then people liked it. And then when they said, oh, they're taking care. And the ones who were naysayers are on the border, they said, yeah, itna dhyan se their coffee must be good. Let me try it. You know? So, now... You can't get to all these things if you are sort of overtly paranoid about competition. You've got to know what's happening. What are they doing? But once you know what they're doing, don't just react. Just understand what does it mean to customers? Are customers liking it really? Why? Right? You know, I'll see Excel's of data and say, okay, no, I don't want to start with Excel. Let's talk who has given you know, 20 calls to the customers. And let me, I want to understand that. Where is the customer feedback chain? Okay, forget about Excel numbers. Let's do, you know, cold calling to customers and understand what they are liking, what they are saying. And that, that is the key in my mind. I agree. And also, I feel that when, when I walk into any of the chai point and I look at the menu that is served and I'm talking about food here, I see a lot of effort that has been put in, in curating that menu as well, right? Everything doesn't go well with tea, but a lot of things go well with tea as well. And, you know, you made an effort to make sure that that is placed on the menu, things that go well with tea at different times of the day. I feel that comes from the fact that you're listening to your customers so much, you're, you're hearing them, you understand what their tastes are and 
you're then going out and curating this side menu of sorts because chai is the main product, as I would say, which would go well with your main product, which is tea. Is that, is that something that you're doing with a lot of conscious or it's something that has just happened because tea ke saath ye achha lagta hai? It's, it's very conscious. I mean, there is a, so what are we clear on? We are very clear on a few set of operating principles. So on the business side, we have four pillar of operating principles. They're very important. I mean, you know, they sound a tad boring, but frankly, they're the key guardrails. Pillar number one is quality. Second is consistency. Third is responsiveness. And fourth is innovation. Right. So we are very clear that our end, the product has to be of high quality. So for example, when I showed you this cat packaging, this is single origin Rainforest Alliance certified beans. Right. So, and roasted at multiple, after multiple trials to arrive at uh, hopefully a mass common, you know, mass common denominator kind of a fit. Quality is key. Then the other is consistency that you only do those products that you can replicate again and again. So let's say hypothetically, somebody says, you know what, just hypothetically, you should do frittatas, Spanish frittatas. Okay. It tastes great. Okay. Can we replicate a frittata with a high level of consistency? No, we can't. So as of now, we won't do it. We figured out that parathas have a great appeal and under parantha and chai has a current following. We said, can we own that product and can we do it consistently? We realized that, you know what? We could. So now under parantha, and we're going to give it a, there's a new brand name coming, but the core product is under parantha, became really, really a consistent go-to product. I don't know, Vineet, if you ever tried it, you know, speaking one-to-one, if you ever get a chance, if you see it on the menu, order it, very low probability that you'll be disappointed. You could be, but very low probability. Right? I'm going to try it for sure. <laughs> right. So with that approach, so, so therefore consistency is the second pillar. The third is responsive. We never do something and feel it's going to stick in first go. There's always minimal viable product. Okay, great. Acha response. Now improve it further, even better response. But if we launch something that completely crashes, we know we are completely off. Forget it. So it's a very stage one, stage two, stage three. That requires a certain discipline and focus. And then at large scale and engine. Chote scale pay focus and discipline will do. A bigger scale, you need an engine. By engine, I mean somebody consistently going out and furnishing customer data. Somebody making sure or you having a process that customer data is not biased but very distributed. Not only Bangalore but also Gurgaon and things like that. But that is important. And the last part then is innovation. So this QCRI is a very key pillar. Within that, on the food side, we in the beginning and still do for all chai range of products, a simple thumb rule called MFC or made for chai. So any product developed, we are pursuing it. Does it fit the made for chai criteria? Chocolate croissants have got nothing to do with chai and sweet products and chai products just don't go well. Some people like it, but the broad fitment is not there. 
So we never went after Danish pastries or things like that. But when we launched CAT, we realized that CAT and chocolate croissant, great fit. We did it at 10 stores. So we said, so MFC has a made for chai avatar and a made for coffee avatar. So broadly, anything that we do, is it MFC, made for chai or made for coffee? By the way, the C in boxy is also that box, C for chai, C for coffee. Oh, okay. Right? So with these guardrails, these are operating principles on guardrails. And then we've got very smart people now in the company who have seen way bigger scale than I have who are rolling out these systems to handle this. But my role is to make sure that as a key brand guard, I'm able to very clearly define these constructs so that we don't become a hodgepodge over a period of time. You know, and we are still on a journey. We are very young. I mean, brands are built in 50 years. Uh, you know, Starbucks is 60 years old. But tell me something, you know, you 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 you're talking so much about uh, consumer choices consumer taste and how that has a huge amount of effect on how you're building this product however you know chai drinkers as they say are considered the picky lot perfect honi chahiye the you know they they take a sip and know milk zyada hai ya kam hai or they would take a sip and know the sugar is less or um, you know there's lot more chai patti in this than usual are you putting a lot of pressure on yourself in being perfect with every cup of tea? Because I know that's where you want to get at. Like every tea that you serve is coming out from a vending machine, coming out from Boxy, coming out uh, from your store or coming to someone's house. You want it perfect, right? Does that put you in this? There is this pressure that you're always on. I have to be the best because this product has to be the best because even the smallest of changes, my customer will know the value or the taste has dipped. So is there that whole pressure that comes with this consumer aspect? Yeah, I mean, see, pressure, the word pressure is a manifestation of a behavior or an attitude. I think the core attitude is paranoia. Simply put, never be careless, right? But make this attitude of never being careless or paranoia part of your habit or thought process so that it doesn't show as pressure. That's the way we are. I mean, you know, that's how it should come. Our paranoia is to make sure that our brand purpose to deliver a great cup or to serve a great cup that brings people together and brightens up life. That's the brand purpose, right? So, brightens up life brings people together via great cup, right? We have also stayed away from the word perfect cup. It's a great cup. A great journey. But are you doing things which is supporting that or are you negating that? Is It's not that you got to get to perfection like overnight. Oh, man, it's going to take you five years, maybe seven years, 10 years, right? And the power of technology here has massive role to play. Right. I know of a gentleman and, uh, uh, you know, I engage with him. He's a tea scientist at HUL, right? Tea scientist. So, I mean, he's a PhD and he is looking at the science of tea. So, the there is an element of science, technology, equipment, right operations, 
structured thought process which has to come together to deliver a goal. Now, all these things don't happen overnight. They take time. So rather than pressure, I would say that we've got to be clear that this is a brand purpose. We better be doing stuff which is serving that brand purpose. Uh, and no nonsense broke inside the company if you are not aligning with that. But at the same time, over the course of eight or nine years, we know that things don't happen overnight. Things take time before you progress, but you've got to be consistently at it. I can't tell you how much uh, of an effort it has been to, you know, confidently go ahead on the vending part. Uh, you know, now we have a separate BU called vending as a service. Now we have embraced snack vending machines also. So we are end-to-end, -end, you know, chai, filter coffee, Western coffee and snacks under a portfolio. That has required, you know, not step-by-step it's 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 such a fascinating journey and you you know you're calling out the fact that you're still on a journey towards perfection towards greatness it's amazing it's beautiful what you've been able to build and i want to end this podcast with with this beautiful memory that i have of of chai point and it goes back to my childhood so like i said i grew up in a tea estate and we used to go to the factories and we used to get these small really small cups of tasting that we could do in the evening right and they had different flavors of tea and uh, that, that was a very fond memory I have with my dad. I used to visit, you know, the factory once a couple of days and, you know, have this tasting and, you know, feel very great about, you know, going and putting down our marks on tea. And then I remember walking into one of your stores in Delhi and I literally got that same feeling of nostalgia. You know, there were different flavors of tea available. I literally sat there for a couple of hours, tried the different flavors of tea you had. And it, it was amazing, right? And that's why I want to thank you, Amelie, not just for being here, but for what you've created. I mean, it's such an inspiring journey. You are so humble and you're building such a great product. And I love every aspect of it. I know a lot of people, a lot of consumers who enjoy it. You've been a real innovator, bringing in technology. And, uh, you know, your story teaches us a lesson of finding a gap in the market and using the, you know, consumer and their insight to create a great product. So thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to chatting with you. I hope you had a great time as well. Oh, great chatting with you, Vineet. And uh, just want to add that we have a great team behind us. This is not possible with some great set of people, very committed people at the front end. And as you can imagine also that we have an ambition, we have picked up an ambitious agenda, right? An omni-channel, packaged, vending, service, delivery. So very bright set of leaders who are way smarter. And I mean it, not in a humble way, in a genuine way, they are way smarter than me to know how to execute, to how to think, how to structure it forward. So um, we're in early days and uh, we need good wishes from you and everybody. Thank you so much. Early days. Thank you so much, Amali. Congratulations. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.